When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to You're Making It Worse. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. We're here. We're queer. Meh. Textual healing. Last week, there was a woman uh, who was at the Abbey, which is one of the if not the most famous gay bar in Los Angeles, if not the world. I <laughs> one of the, one assume. in the world. It's I love very you say well you say gay bar like you're like a, like a grandpa in his eighties. <laughs> it's a like queer space. Off, off Elliot. Like a it's a queer a space. gay bar. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> a bar for gay people. Uh, mm. well it's just so funny because the the Abbey is so at this point I feel like it's so uh, um, basically a straight um, bar in a lot of it's ways it's a straight bar at this point it's yeah. been so homogenized and like used for reality tv enough that it's like yeah. a straight bar at this point but but it's anyway, a very um, well-known bar in la right very well known and a woman uh posted uh about how she was roofied at the bar roofied by one of the bartenders according to her yeah and um she posted about it on instagram and, and social media and it it you know it really it went viral on, obviously yeah. yeah it was it was a really specific you know unique story that was obviously horrifying to hear about the idea being that she was there with friends and it didn't take long before she remembered uh being roof didn't remember just being roofied by a bartender at one of the bars and after 15 minutes of having half of a drink she collapsed vomited at the bar and then kept vomiting till she got home yeah um and it, it just sounds terrible she said she woke up with a busted nose and a lip and a black eye on the, the next morning and you know, it just it sounds terrible, but the but uh, above and beyond that is the fact that this is not the first. Yeah. Um, as it turns out, there's been a bunch of these um, circumstances, like for years now. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the thing that's been happening for years that hasn't really been dealt with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's been there's been so over the years. One of the things that um, her her post and and if you want to go you can look on instagram to find we've reshared this story we've shared a bunch of other stories there are reporters out there working on the story so like we're trying to be a little bit cautious in terms of not you know ruining someone else's story about telling other women's stories so we're we're being we're protecting people's identities in a lot of ways um but the the stories that are out there if you look on reddit if you look on um uh facebook you look on a lot of different places a lot of people have shared their threads of their experiences at, on Yelp, even in the Yelp reviews of oh, the that's Abbey, right. she there, posted are, that. there are there are there are comments uh, talking about sort of experiences, women and men. It's not just you know, the, men have also been roofied at yeah, the but, Abbey as well. But, but that's what I think. That's what's unique about it is that it's predominantly women that are predominantly saying, women that are saying yeah. they've been roofied at this bar by bartenders, if or if patrons. But also, it does seem that the at least according to the stuff that's online and that she even posted. Yeah. In her own telling of what happened to her, she posted screenshots from Yelp and from that other women that had, had posted in yes. the past. That other right, women have right. so I mean, to give credit to these other women, Ugh. they that women and men that they have been posting for years yeah. trying to share their stories on Reddit, wherever they're sharing their stories about being roofied. And one of the things that I think as queer people, maybe I don't know if this is maybe a non-urban thing, but in urban cities, a lot of times at these big gay oh. bars, there are I mean, I'm, I'm just saying there are there are straight men that get employed to be bartenders at these bars because there's that whole Sean Cody thing. You about... made a gr- you made a great point about this that I hadn't thought of, uh, Alan, to mm-hmm. in private about how the idea that 
well, it's like, oh, yeah, go, sorry, I don't want to step on it. No, 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 totally. That, that it, there's this, the sexual appeal of a straight man serving you at a gay bar and that way you'll get more tips and everything. But it's kind of mm-hmm. in a weird way fucked up, especially in 2021 when it's like, can't we just hire our own? Like, why just do we hire? Like, why do we have yeah. to? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm no offense to straight dudes out there wanting to work in gay bars, but like, it's it's cool if you go work at another bar. Like, I don't I don't get. Yeah, the there's a lot. There but, are lots of bars, um, you know, lots of yeah. bars to choose from. But <laughs> I bring that up because the, a lot of the allegations and and now we must say that the Abbey refutes these allegations and they've done their own. They've said at least that they've done their own internal investigations and they even responded to their most recent allegation with a really gross sort of way of responding. They put out a statement on Instagram, which you guys can go read. And then they posted screenshots of the conversation that they had with the the victim saying, you know, basically violate. I mean, there was no warning pri- saying pri- that private, we, <laughs> private, private conversations. conversations. Yeah, there was no warning DM. saying oh, right. that they had consent to release this information, that they had consent from the victims talking about this information. That, and that, so I found that I, that like took my breath away that they- It's arrogant. Like, gay, straight, bar, any place. It was like the idea that they would- talk to a victim a victim yeah. or, or somebody even if even if you know in the wildest scenario that it's not true yeah. it doesn't and it doesn't matter the point that they would talk to somebody who was saying i was drugged at your and bar and it's the bar and- talking yes. like it's not even a crisis management person this bar has so much money that it could hire someone to do this professionally and have this done in a respectable way, dealing with the law enforcement, dealing with all these factors that have to be involved in this. Not, not screenshotting it's just a, Instagram. Not screenshotting yes. Instagram. It's that was wild. Nuts. That, that really took my breath. I was like, that is a that is really genuinely fully appalling yeah. to do in the first place. But no, no less. Like when you're a business, when you're a bar, you're you're yeah. the place where this this potentially happened. I you know it's really creeped me out. Um, but that, and, this yeah. this has led to a lot of people sharing their past stories. And mm-hmm. I think one of the things that is important about this is, you know, believing women, believing people in general when they say that they've experienced something and 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 letting the due course work itself out. But at the same time, like believing people when they say they've been yeah. victims of assault or of being drugged or whatever, because that way then we can share the stories more and we can have better conversations about how in queer spaces we shouldn't be doing these things. And these are supposed to be safe spaces for it doesn't lots of people. Like they, but it doesn't seem like they've actually, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but it doesn't seem as if they have paid much attention or even spoken much about these other, um, all these other uh, uh, um, yeah. potential, you know, yeah. assaults and, and, and well, and some, have, been, that some have, have led to there were rape allegations a couple of years ago against bartenders. I mean, that was reported huh. in the NBC News here that law enforcement was involved in. And I, I, I don't know if it, what how that outcome was settled, but like there were actual yeah. charges put in forth. You know, it's 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 like there's a history here. And so, yeah, you hear one story. OK, it's a wild night. You're drinking. You don't know what's going on. You hear another story. You hear another story. If you start hearing what in in the yelps yeah, and where everything it's like 10 20 stories yeah. there's well, something going on here I'll, I'll quote rosie o'donnell talking <laughs> about talking to whoopi goldberg on the view in 2015 i think it was when R- rosie was looking furiously at at whoopi because they were talking about bill cosby and mm. whoopi was being like stone cold silent and rosie was like how many is it going to take whoop how many is it going to take before you believe them how many, <laughs> oh, how many right, is it going to take right, that's right. <laughs> like, but it is I, true it's like sorry brent go ahead I actually remember I was at a bar in my hometown of Ann Arbor, Michigan with a friend a couple of years back. And I had an interesting experience where uh, it was a very quiet night at the bar. And there was uh, a man and a woman sitting at the bar, young, probably college aged. And when we entered the bar, everything was totally normal. I remember ordering my drinks, took them back to the table. And like 15 minutes later, uh, there's like some commotion. And this woman is maybe it was 30 minutes later, she is so unbelievably drunk, she can't stand up. She just cannot, absolutely cannot stand up. And, uh, and I remember having this suspicion that I was like, I think she was, I I think she was drugged Mm, because, because it happened so quickly. And I remember feeling like she was fairly coherent. You know, obviously I wasn't paying close attention to them when I ordered my drinks, but she seemed fine. And then all of a sudden she was like the most drunk I've ever seen anyone. And uh, so my friend and I actually uh, insisted on calling the police 
or like, like we insist on calling an ambulance because she was so drunk. And I remember the guy who was with her was absolutely diametrically opposed to it. And he's like, yeah. do not, wow. do not, do not yeah. call 911. That's- and he kept being like, she doesn't have insurance. She doesn't have insurance because of insurance. <laughs> and we were like, I don't know. She's really, really drunk. And yeah. so, uh, and I remember the ambulance came and he actually left before it arrived. Oh my God, Brent, you're in- actually a hero. You are yeah. well, a Well, well, please. You're Brent the hero. I want to say before we, before we end this. I'm like Gerard Depardieu. That there are two the journalists that are doing great, great, great work in compiling the stories of people who have experienced this at the Abbey. Um, their names are Kate Sosen and Stephen Bloom. They were they're with 19th News, which is an LGBTQ news source. Um, and we'll post the no, we'll post. Oh, do you? We'll post. No, said, we'll post this. I? I need to. It's yeah. good. We'll post a, in, in, when we post the episode, uh, contact information where you can. I think it's, you know, it and I think yeah. just as we close, I just think it's interesting to, you know, to think about how so regularly you think now of, of, of specifically gay bars, mostly with for gay guys are so often now also you know uh, um patronized by by women and, and yeah. straight women well they have and been for years too as they have been of course yeah. which and, alan and- which alan detests but can- <laughs> no i do not no i do <laughs> not you know, you've you literally about? multiple times you railed no, against no 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 straight I women railed, i have bars. not railed i have said <laughs> i have said you take something and you turn it into something huge you are unhinged with actual facts Brent sullivan no what i what i rail against is when there is disrespect for the space you are in, meaning sure. that if a drag queen is performing, you don't try to get on stage with her. You don't try to touch her in places. You don't do those things. And yeah, yeah. there are stories of that. And that is what I have railed against. Respect the space you are in. Yeah. <laughs> but this, but she was, I mean, this sounds like somebody she was who being... obviously respected the space. And, and exactly. Either way, it's just, it's a shame. That, it's a shame that they, uh, that this happened and that it's happened multiple times and that it hasn't, hasn't been righted yet um but i think it's also fair to say that i I mean i certainly was i I wish that a place like the abbey had responded in a more adult mature yeah you know lawful way than to essentially sort of i and this is like i mean this was like a form of like gossip i I can't even wrap my head around it it's like they were blaming her there was that's what it felt like there was such a focus on like you were in the bathroom for this long we have no cameras in there so we don't know what you were doing and it's like what the fuck are you inferring here bitch i'm sorry like the abbey was like it was gross watch your language it was victim shaming it was i'll tell you one thing this gives me another reason to yet again never go to the abbey (laughs) yeah we don't like the abbey Abbey. anyway (laughs) fuck the abbey Not even joking. So this week we decided to do something a little bit special. We all have our cans, right? Our, our delicious That's canned right. beverages. I'm open mine mm. right now. Oh, open. Oh, I love that sound. I couldn't wait. I had to start drinking. I mean, what? Tell us, tell us a little bit about this drink, Brent. I am drinking can cannabis infused social tonic. I have the cranberry sage mm. uh, flavor. Two milligrams of THC, four milligrams of CBD. And what better way to field questions? Yes, that's what we're doing. We're taking your questions this week. So we figured we'd get a little, you know, a little light in the loafers while yeah. we drink our cans and answer mm. some questions, some questions from, yeah. from listeners, which is really Ellie, exciting. Actually, Ellie just put on his nipple clamp. So like, I think we're really <laughs> getting loose. And if you guys want to maybe, you know, do this with your friends, you can go to where <laughs> they, where can they get com. drink can.com yeah, two, two ends and buy yourself a little can, a little can. So the first two questions that we got really aren't questions, but I felt like they should be addressed up front. Um, yeah. Caleb asked if this is my way, H. Allen's way, of soliciting nudes. Um, let me say for the record Good that question. nobody, not one person sent, sent me a nude or the, the the Instagram account, like our Instagram account nudes. And I'm actually offended. I'm a, I, 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 I didn't ask for them, but I did, I'm offended I didn't I'm get proud. at least one. I'm actually proud. never, never gotten a nude on Instagram. I'm never. gonna send you a nude right now. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> well okay uh, I accept I accept Elliot Allen how do you guys get I mean Alan I guess you're in a relationship and most people know that Elliot what about it doesn't what stop me you? from getting nudes <laughs> who's sending you nudes everybody I'm very I'm very liberal with my friends and we have a very yeah, just right. sort of back and forth and it's just a celebration of the body yeah yeah like a couple of some rando nudes but I'm yeah 
genuinely either did not interested or more likely repulsed <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> I s- send them like whoa oh i God. say send them have fun like, you only live once you know unless you're shirley mcclain um the other non-question that we got but that we've gotten quite a bit that i texted us about earlier that i'm really surprised by was um jacob from california said that he's been listening to the podcast for two years since the very oh, beginning. This, this one hurt. And, this one and hurt. that he still can't, he and many others, we've gotten many messages like this. He cannot tell the difference between my voice, H. Allen Scott talking here, and Brent Sullivan's voice. Brent James Sullivan on the podcast. No, Elliot. And go ahead. Do, do you think, can you tell, like, do we have similar voices? I don't think we do. Oh, very, very different voices. Yeah, that that really struck me. I I can't really wrap my head around. I know. I know we've gotten that. Alan, you've told me we've gotten that before. Um, People will say they can't tell us apart, which, by the way, is like a dagger to the heart, Uh, especially (laughs) if you've been listening for two years. Wow. Love you. Wow. But I, I will say I have or or I have a deep voice and you haven't acknowledged it yet. Maybe I have a very manly voice. And... I, uh, but I was going to say, I think I have had a couple friends who've been able to tell me how like best to like tell us apart. Mm-hmm. If the person, if the speaker who's talking is annoying you, that's Alan. Oh, OK. And okay. if what they're saying is funny and charming, that's Brent. And um, if I mean, I have a great way, too. If you're listening and you're like, oh, is that a Republican talking? No, it's Brent. <laughs> it's Brent talking. And, and, and the progressive. Of liberal talking would be me. Oh, um, let's take you. a question from someone who sent in a voice memo. Uh, Jordan, they sent it to oh. you, Brent, which I which yeah. Yeah, I yeah. love. Hi, my name is Jordan. Um, I've been in the LA County for about two years. I was wondering how it is to be as a gay man, as a particular gay black man, how it is to make friends. It's a little bit difficult to like meet people here, and because of COVID, of course, things have kind of like block things but like i don't really have much of an opportunity to like get out and socialize as much now especially like since things are open and i'm also a little bit more of an awkward person when it comes to like making friends like what would you recommend that i do in order to like get myself out there and this is not for like just dating just mean like having a social circle with you know other people because I'm, I'm I'm literally here by myself. You know, I want to start off by saying oh, I, Jordan, I am that made me feel things. <laughs> yeah. Me too. I've I've moved from Michigan to New York City. I've moved from New York to Los Angeles, but mm-hmm. every time I've moved, it has been with dozens of friends. Yeah. I had friends in stand-up who moved to New York, and I have a million friends from New York who moved to LA. And I, I just have to say, I meet people occasionally who moved to a city all on their own without a social like network established. And it is the most impressive leap of faith I think anyone can take as an yeah. adult. Like it's just boggles my mind that people are able. They're the bravest people. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's such a bold, awesome move for you to do for yourself and your future and what you want to, how you want to be living your life and where you yeah. want to be living. And what I always say, cause I moved to New York with new, I had maybe two friends in New York, but I, you know, I wasn't really even particularly close with them. And I certainly wasn't hanging out right. with them because they were like straight guys. They were my roommates. And so I had to fully make up my entire queer sort of friend base in New York. And, yeah. and I did it by, thank God I was living in an urban city. I was able to sort of work in queer sort of related jobs. And I was able to sort of really, and, and go to comedy shows and I would write down people's names and just friend them on MySpace or Facebook or whatever. And, and it was, it's hard, but it's just, it's, you, you kind of just have to put in the work. You know what I mean? I, I agree. I, I do think that like, uh, you know, I'm fortunate in that I've usually, you know, my my hobby slash career has been uh, with like minded people. So I generally like them, mm-hmm. the people, other comedians or whatever. But with that said, I remember when I moved to New York, I did I went to a liberal drinking group uh, for a while called Drinking Liberally. And I went to that a bunch, too. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that's so funny. I, don't, I mean, I did it like right in like 06, 07. Yeah, same. Uh, and. But and I, I guess like it's it's it seems kind of like weird sometimes when you're like I'm gonna go on Reddit or I'm gonna go on like Meetup.org and like look for groups of yeah. things that are happening. But like, and it might be awkward if you show up and like you don't like anyone there, you don't hit it off. But I think it's like worth, in in particular in huge cities like this, to find like some group 
uh, you guys did where you guys did gay poker a lot for a while. Yeah. Uh, I, d- I went a couple times with you, which was this group of friends that, you know, uh, have gay poker every what Tuesday. Yeah. And... Elliot, what do you do? Cause you, you know, you have, you don't, you only have us. So like, how do you meet other right. people? <laughs> I mean, I was thinking too, that like, I'm also very lucky cause I was from New York and went to NYU and it wasn't very hard to, I already had friends. And then in mm-hmm. LA, same thing. I, it was the New York exodus to LA with other comedians. So I was sort of, things were sort of built in that way, but I joined, I joined the gay dodgeball league in New York, which right. was horrible. But right. <laughs> that being said, I don't not recommend looking, looking at, uh, you know, I'm not sure, you know, how social he Jordan wants to be per se. And I don't know, yeah. you know, he's, he, he said he's um, a, a gay and black. And I don't, I, I know that these, that the varsity gay league in LA and New York is very inclusive. Yeah. Um, but we did the gay bowling league here too. We did. We did the gay yeah. bowling league and that was actually fun. I mean, yeah. Except we, people took bowling too seriously. We were there to drink and too eat seriously. Yes. Yeah. But, but there were people there who were, who were cool. And, and uh, yeah. I don't know, I think that's a smart way of going about it. I mean, he said, I think he said he's kind of shy. So I don't think I'd necessarily say to like go to bars or something. I honestly have no, no problem with meetup.com or meetup.org. Yeah. I think it's also, meetup.org. Yeah. If also, you put in oh. if you put in Reddit to like some sort of like jerking channel or whatever, my friend does this all the time. You just say, hey, anyone want to jerk? And then people will FaceTime you and jerk off with you. I'm just saying. Yeah, that. there's that too. <laughs> there's I that honestly too. also would honestly, truly, I have made f- some close friends from like Grinder and Scruff. Yeah, same. Yeah. Guys who yeah. I thought yeah. I might be interested in and then we became just really good friends and like it's we have fr- very fruitful friendships now after yeah. meeting there. Truly, and, you know, I, I think I think it's I think it all boils down to how social does Jordan want to be? Does he want to be yeah. like Brent, or does he want to be like, you know, Elliot going out three four times a day, gallivanting around town, yeah. meeting yeah. gentlemen in strange places, rummaging through bushes, you know, these kind of things. And that's that's what you know Jordan can ask himself that question. Mm-hmm. Um, well. Our next, our next question. You guys drink some can because this is this is a question mm-hmm. that I was actually personally offended by. Um, no, I wasn't. But Joshua from York in the UK sent us a oh. message that he's a longtime listener and he uh, he he likes all of us. He he stressed that he th- that we're all his favorites. Okay. But um, but he and he wanted to ask each one of us a question. But instead, he decided because he thought this question would spark a conversation amongst the three of us, which it won't. It will only spark a conversation among Brent. Um, uh, basically taking the podcast and going for a half hour. So the question is, Brent is on record for saying he will run for office one day to give listeners a better picture of his platform. Brent, give, given the current state of the U.S. government, how would you approach solving the climate crisis? So Brent, please discuss amongst yourself. And well. also, sorry, let me add too. <laughs> please, please add just how serious you are about the potential of at some point transitioning into the into government because you do I, love yeah. I am, I and am you are serious. very aware I am, <laughs> I'm serious enough about the potential to transition into government such that I will not send nude pictures with my face in them. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. That's if that <laughs> but that also could be a reflection of the fact that I have sent one or two nude pictures in my life and gotten mm. no response. So maybe <laughs> I'm just being like sheepish. Uh <clears throat> Joshua, send him a nude picture. So, I, uh, so to answer this question, I think um, as far as I'm concerned, and I actually will make this surprisingly brief, I think even the Democratic <laughs> Party at, this, at, at the current present time is, uh, uh, isn't, isn't focusing on the right uh, initiatives when it comes to mm-hmm. global warming. I think we need to start investing literally billions of dollars a year. It's basically a new space race into carbon sequestration, which mm. is pulling carbon out of the air uh, and either putting it somewhere, uh, storing it somewhere. Um, this is the kind of technology that might take decades to implement and <clears throat> successfully administer. And we have to start that process now because at the end of the day, the Green New Deal could take effect today and we still have a problem with how much uh, greenhouse gases are in our atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And we all know the Green New Deal will not start today. So, uh, so fuck AOC. No. 
But I will also say the other plat my my the fundamental platform of my future Senate campaign will be women deserve more bathrooms than men, That's more true. toilets because true. it takes them longer to pee. That is the that is my platform. That that's I'm very true. It's actually, you know, uh, that's actually a very logical and I think popular <laughs> opinion that yeah. would, I think that would actually service a lot of communities. Yeah. Truly, I, I think mean, so too. Think about how privileged we are in that there's never a line for us. Yeah. Except that, mm. like the that like sports field. It's crazy. Sports. It's, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Every, oh. albeit like a museum. It's, like, yeah. like there's no one there, and there's like still four people in line for the women's room, and like you know. And that's it. And, and yeah. no one else looking at art. Well, uh, it's funny you bring up sports because our next question comes from Sam Kiefer, who is he used to past yes, guest of the podcast, yes. formerly yeah. um, a sends straight you nudes a lot. Actually, yeah, he I sends think. me nudes a lot. He's a straight man or he was a, used to be a straight man. Now he's not. It's a whole journey he's been on. He's, and he has a question curious. that I think is directed more towards me. Hey, guys, it's Sam. Uh, and a quick question for you guys. The football season uh, starts pretty soon and uh, haven't watched a game in a while. And I know you guys are pretty big bros, pretty big, you know, sports nuts. So I was just wondering if you could remind me, you know, how the game works and what the players do uh, so I don't feel so stupid. Uh, thanks again. So I, I, that's clearly directed at me because I am the biggest sports fanatic here. And <laughs> if I had to explain football in any way, I would say men wear tights and then run up on each other and fall to the ground and, and wrestle in a lovingly athletic and mm. physical way. Mm-hmm. And it hurts their brains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it hurts yeah, their brains. But where yeah. that brain exists, on the top or below, who's mm-hmm. to say? Mm-hmm. Who's to yeah. say? Who's to say? That is, a, that is a really funny question. Yeah, I think it's just like there's a ball in the middle. Yeah. Someone yeah. gets the ball. <laughs> and they basically have to throw. It's so boring. They have to throw it's the ball. So and it's just the game keeps yeah. stopping and keeps. It's like. It it's stops. just a boring game. It stops, starts and stops over and over and over like, until somebody gets it through the goal. Yeah. It's so boring. I, I, I like baseball, but at least like inherent oh, in baseball. so boring. Oh, you. It's all boring. It's, it's all boring. It's the thinking man's game. But at least no. like inherent in baseball is like, this is, you know, it's like a psych, it's psychological warfare at all. The only thing I like about baseball the- is that Barbara Streisand liked it in the mirror has two faces. That's about <laughs> it. See, I like the spirit. I like the spirit of baseball. Like the games are too long and too boring, but mm-hmm. I like the spirit of it. And I like that it is the quote unquote thinking man's game. But I feel like the most fun games to watch tend to be basketball or soccer. Mm, yeah i just like soccer i just like the ah. food i like the food at games i'll take a big long hot dog oh you hate you hate soccer that much i fucking hate well soccer is boring soccer. no it's, it's not, not just boring it's like oppressive because it's 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 like it's oppressive it's but it is it's so hard for them to score Mm-hmm. That like you're watching and you're like yeah. ah, ah, nothing is happening. And that's like, how I feel about baseball. It's just so. Oh, see, but no, yeah, baseball. Just... When you're bored, you just go get a hot dog. Full circle. Right. Um, so our next question comes from our friend, and I think perhaps I could say arguably the most handsome man alive. Sorry, Brent. Um, Jack Perry. Hmm. Okay, so I want to talk to y'all about. Hi, it's Jack. Jack Perry. Um, I, Elliot, I saw your post, and I wanted to talk to you all about um, Brentisms, um, of which I really enjoy, and I'm going to give a couple. Um, the w- first one is the um, the oh 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 how dare you! I really love that. It usually makes an appearance at least once, if not 1,700 times per episode. So uh, I just wanted to um, point that out and just say that I love I, I love that. Um, there's another one that I can't remember, um, but maybe you guys could do something about that. Um, and that's that's it. I love you guys. We love Jack. We love Jack and David so much. Boy, what a, what a nice, what a nice, kind message that was. Yeah. Nice if people, I mean, I, I assume people understand like what that is when you do it, right? Yeah. It's it's like it's like uh, I am I am doing the character of a super left wing like mm-hmm. like social media uh, social warrior, I should say. 
right uh who's always who's so who's getting oh, yeah. mad at alan whenever it's because it's always whenever alan <laughs> says yeah. anything like sort of like even liberal like vaguely remotely like inclusive political yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's not or even it's not even yeah, I don't even, race. Yeah. I don't even think it's that. I think it's literally just saying something that is yeah. that is re- remote. It is an a, a, yeah. a descriptor. A usually race usually like age. race in view. If it's if it has any reference to race, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh you. <laughs> you as, son as of just a bitch. saying it is already hyper-offensive. <laughs> well, <laughs> our next question is from Christoph. He asks, What uh what's one sexually unhinged thing you've done that you're willing to admit on the podcast? Hmm. I my sexually unhinged thing that I have done I peed on someone. Oh, I don't think <laughs> yeah. I knew that. Yeah, I peed on someone. Um, and he's probably listening because he listens to the podcast and he says that oh. I have a great, great speaking voice. Um, great and, scream. Great. And scream. he actually he would be a great guest in the future. I'll explain why off off when we're not. On. No, I he, if he comes on the podcast, it's only to talk about Alan peeing on him. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, Boy, I, God, I don't I have don't any. I, oh, excuse me. <laughs> Uh, you know, he, I mean, I think I've started to slowly establish that I am very uh, vanilla and sheepish when it comes to my sex life. So I might mm-hmm. have to think for a second. Elliot, why don't you look at your spreadsheet to see what, uh, <laughs> what kind I think of the funniest, interest? The goofiest or funniest thing would be that like I, I uh, had relations <laughs> under my high school bleachers when i was uh, an adult (laughs) when you were an adult wait wait can i actually i do think we talk a lot about we've talked about all these on the podcast so i'm not revealing anything here uh one of my one of everyone's favorites is the wider bed guy that you've hooked up with the guy who's like who's in his 30s but still has abercrombie well i think at this point it's been a while but i (laughs) believe he's probably older than that and has like has moved on no, he's just the most like he's a he's like a Long Island Guido who has a waterbed and he had like pictures of oh, <laughs> pictures of his Abercrombie like Abercrombie bags on his wall, but like it yes. literally never ever ever changed. And he's just the epitome of like brainless Long Island Guido. <laughs> obsessed, yeah. actually. And then obsessed. The, the, the other time was Elliot, I think, uh, hooked up on a playground with a guy who had a ponytail once. <laughs> you were not, you were not, a, you were not a child. You were a grown adult at night. It was at night, like. Midnight. Although was that that was that time he hooked up in kindergarten. So like it could have it could have been the playground. People think um, that's like a perverted joke, but that's literally a quote from Elliot Glazer: "Was he wrestled with a female classmate?" And quote, things happened. As he they said. did. They did. Okay. Um, Mary wants to know who is our dream guest, and if we have a favorite episode or guest. I don't think we should say our favorite guest, but I'll start and say that I think my favorite episode. I mean, because I'm we're friends with so many of our guests, so like I love yeah. all of them, but. Of the course. one that like really I love, love, love so much. And he is definitely my favorite guest to have on. We've had him on multiple times. Danny Pellegrino. I love him so much. Oh, yeah. I think Danny mm. is a perfect podcaster. He's a perfect guest. You need to listen to his podcast. He's everything. I love him. My favorite guest uh, or the one that made me laugh the hardest is Paula Pell. Yeah, I was she just going to say Paula yeah. Pell. Yeah. yeah. She's just Not only is she like brilliantly funny, but she is such a... Um, lovely um a lovely uh uh uh, representation of like of basically the kind of queer identity that we have that this podcast is built on which is somebody Mm -hmm. who's like Mm -hmm. left of center a little uncomfortable not afraid to admit it you know (laughs) but makes the best of it and is as a result of that like charming and funny and loving and truly just like i think changes the way that you think about gay people if you didn't know what to Mm -hmm. think yeah that's a really good point and i and and sorry sorry i was didn't mean to speak up there no no, sorry uh i was gonna actually also say paula pell we've had and honestly we all we almost never have guests that i don't like although we've had a few yeah, well, I mean, I stop talking when I don't like them. So you can which everyone knows, which everyone knows, you need which, to stop which doing is not that. Necessarily, which <laughs> is not necessarily always the case. There's been some people I just like feel like you guys know better or, or more, so I let you guys take over. But no, there are definitely once I mean, or twice there have been. I think we can I'm say like, verifiably that there are some guests that you can definitely tell. All, all, all three of us. It's from all three. Of us, it's not just Brent. 
when we don't either get along with this guest or we just don't like this guest. And I think that happens, you know? I do remember, I remember one, there was one guest who I feel like intentionally tanked uh, the interview. And that, that was definitely, that was definitely intense. But as when it comes to getting a, a fun guest, uh, our dream guest, I would probably say chief justice, John Roberts. Oh God. I would, I would like to get the chief justice on the podcast. (laughs) I would like to, uh, Exhume Susan Sontag from the dead. <laughs> right. I just right. want John Waters. I just want John Waters on. I've I've <laughs> I've been desperately been emailing him. We've had some communication. Oh, I'm that's desperate. Fun. I'm desperate for John Waters to be on this podcast. That's a, great, that's a great one. Uh, we have uh, now the next question. We have now. While y'all, are you, are you enjoying your cans? Is it? Is it? Are you guys oh, ready to take your top off yet? Or Brent, yeah. are you ready to take your your <laughs> Elliot's, socks off? Elliot's, Elliot's, you know, moving moving the plugs. Uh, the, nipple, <laughs> the nipple clam. So, um, our next Elliot's question actually is: there's one. Dave has a question, and then. Uh, we had a random response that they didn't know Dave asked this question, but another person basically responded to Dave's question. Oh, wow. So I'm going to play both back to back for you guys. Okay, here's Dave's first. Afternoon. My name is Dave and I live in Brooklyn and I'm only unhinged in my mind because I don't like people enough in real life to practice it in reality. Anyway, my question is, what is your opinion on only casting queer actors to play queer roles? And if this should be continued practice for the next 50 years that we have left on earth yeah okay so before we answer dave's very uplifting and and hopeful um question we'll get raymond's response and then we'll respond whenever the question of authentic casting for lgbtq roles comes up people always say well it should be about the best actor for the role if it has ever been about the best actor for the role can someone please explain to me the film career of denise richards That is an accurate point. That is an actual, ac- very accurate point, Raymond. Um, we've yeah. talked about this on the podcast before, I think. Oh yeah, it's definitely come up a couple times. I I think I I tend to kind of, you know, I I I I, I don't get irked. I think like some people do when I see a straight person play a gay character. I don't find it personally appalling. Maybe because you know there weren't that many out gay actors until what six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and most of most of the out gay actors that we know now came out after they became successful and famous. So I maybe just having been raised with that kind of situation, it, it just doesn't totally phase me. But I mean, there have been a couple instances where, you know, who's that guy in Best in Show? Michael McKeon and his and his mm-hmm. acting partner mm-hmm. in and I always forget that guy's name, acting partner in that movie. I watched Best in Show today, actually. That's insane. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That what a strange coincidence. But I think that is one of the funniest, like best depictions of a gay man by two straight people I've ever seen. I've been spiraling. Gentle and gentle and gentle. Yeah. I've been spiraling with the White Lotus and loving uh, Jennifer Coolidge. And so I wanted to watch Best in Show, which is why I watch Best in Show. I don't have a problem with it, but I do think that because we are in a new era of people being out and there's open acceptance of, you know, there's a lot of people aren't out that there should be some sort of perspective put on who should be playing these roles because we aren't in an era where there aren't a lot of options. You know what I mean? Like you have options now. So like, if you're going to tell a really important story to the community, like I'm thinking of milk, you know what I mean? Like the, with, with Sean Penn and Sean did an amazing job at that. I can't Mm -hmm. see anyone else in that role, but like with a role like that, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want a straight man playing sort of Tom Hanks's character in Philadelphia now. Yeah, you know, if it was I, made today. I think that's a perfectly fair point. And and for what it's worth, I mean, I, uh, Sean Penn played Harvey Milk in Milk, but originally they cast Bruce Valanche. He was the oh wow wow. They cast and but after oh, some test shoots, they were like, this is just it's not going to do it. It's he not. wouldn't take off the he wouldn't take off the silly shirts about how horny he is. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Elliot? I think there's at this point there's really no excuse to I, yeah undercut yeah. Uh, giving queer actors queer roles to queer actors. I mean, there's plenty of them. There's enough to be had, and you know, at this point, obviously, you can look at certain roles and and mm-hmm. see people who do have did a great job in them. You know, I always always love um, the kids are all right with mm-hmm. Annette Bening and oh, Juliet. Right. So good, um, so good. But Annette Bening's uh, basically a lesbian. <laughs> well, that's, you're just talking about her hair, but. That being said, like I don't Anna know, Net so, Binning's a net being a net binning. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just think there's at this point, there's really no excuse to to not give, but also at the same point, I mean, you know, there is something to be said, obviously, to somebody who is queer, you know, mm-hmm. or, or identifies in some capacity as queer, allowing yeah. their life experience to bleed. Because 
there's obviously you can you can separate art from life but at the same time like you'd you'd rather i don't know you'd rather entrust a queer role to somebody who's lived that lived yeah. the life experience yeah. in some capacity rather than just imagining it exactly yeah. Yeah. So we have three more questions. And I, this one I think is directed completely at Brent, um, especially because he's drinking that delicious canned beverage. Mm, and, I, and I feel like this question, sage. this question fits well with the can here. This one's for you, Brent. Okay, Queens. So my question is, what is the most shocking blackout story you heard the day after you, you came back to life? So what is the most shocking sort of blackout story you have basically that you remember getting shit faced and then you remember what you did Brent you know this is this is gonna bum you out I, even though I'm a really big drinker I have never blacked out never I've never never blacked out never uh, I I pre-drank with you outside of a bar before we went into a bar <laughs> yeah. to drink and you've yes. never blacked out I, I I I don't know I don't know whether it's just like uh, I drank enough to like not black out or like, I also like, I get barfy at, at a certain point. I hit like a plateau where yeah. continued drinking doesn't make me any more drunk. I just get barfier. Mm -hmm. So I usually, even if it's a lot, I usually stop at like five, six drinks yeah. for the night. And like, that's, I guess in my, you know, uh, um, in my body, that's not enough to black out. So I'm, I'm, I'm horrified to admit I don't have any fun blackout stories. What about you, Elliot? I don't think I've ever. Oh, I, I have mean, one. The only time I blacked out is essentially when I was with Brent and I'm pretty sure I had <laughs> alcohol poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> it was a horrible, horrible, it is, horrible, horrible night. And it that is was actually the last my time I, it was my favorite First and night. last time I drank, um, first and last time that I drank Jägermeister. Oh yeah, Jägermeister we, will do it. Ugh. We went to a bar and I, it just maybe it just hit you right the just well just I was the like right this is like night. licorice and yeah like, mm -hmm. yeah yeah I don't but slow down drinking that much <laughs> well because but, we, went to the, uh, we went to the bathroom and I was like three more shots please oh okay you ended up <laughs> three uh, more shots I ended up waiting with you for an hour you you were barfing on the sidewalk mm -hmm. and uh -huh. like, like West Chelsea and just moaning in yeah. like, displeasure. That's got to like... be alcohol poisoning. I still maintain it. No, yeah, it's Jägermeister because sure. the same thing happened to me with Jägermeister. It was like my birthday one night and I was at, um, not pieces, uh, Pyramid. I was at Pyramid in the East Village in New York. And I remember drinking a lot of Jägermeister, getting super, super shit-faced. And in the cab ride over the Brooklyn Bridge, I was throwing up outside the window. Oh. Like, as we're driving, <laughs> we get across the bridge. He kicks me out. And I, I'm walking oh home at, like, 2 a.m. to my apartment in Brooklyn, which was a very long walk from where the Brooklyn Bridge is. Yeah. And and I remember getting home. I, I sort of, like, just blacked out. I don't remember anything that happened that night after that. Yeah, See, I remember was... waking up because I I passed at, at Brent's apartment, and when mm -hmm. I woke up to go home, it was one of those disgusting hot summer days. Yeah, well, it was just a summer day in New York, but I remember for some reason I saw like a, I think I saw like a, like a pile of fedoras or something in Brent's apartment. Street. No, 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 like on oh. the street. And I, I say. think I think because I remember it so distinctly, and I. I think I like took them with me and was like, oh, these wow. will look good. Wow. <laughs> it was still that, still that era of me dressing sort of like a like art teacher, like a, like a docent at an art museum, but also like an American Idol contestant. Uh, and so I had like so fedoras, but funny. they were like from the street and wool. It was like, what are you doing? I might have probably still been wow. drunk. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Probably. That's so funny. That's really funny. Well, our our next to last question is from Caesar, who it probably is like it, it, this question really struck me. It's definitely an interesting question, and Caesar is very interesting too. Here, I'll play. Hmm. Hey, uh, this is Caesar from Guatemala, living in Indiana right now. Uh, I've been a long time listener to the podcast. I love you guys. Um, as a, as a straight man, I always wonder. Uh, recently, I went to New York for the 4th of July, and with a friend, um, we went to a couple of gay clubs to try to find girls. And I wonder, what do you guys think about that, about straight men going to queer spaces? In this sort of pursuit of girls, the reason we do this is because usually at a gay bar, not things are more happy and uh, they're more i don't know we like it more the the, the whole ambience is, is better and 
uh, well, my friend says that it's easier to uh, pick up women there. So I wonder what do you guys I was so fascinated by Caesar's question. I have He's so many questions for Caesar, a straight guy who listens to our podcast where we talk about all this faggotry. And he goes to gay bars to meet women. I mean, this man living in Indiana, he said, right? No, no, Vienna. In... Vienna. Oh, Vienna. Oh, Vienna. Vienna. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I thought in Indiana. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I mean, but what do you think? What do you think about his question? It's a really interesting question. Oh, I, I think it's, I, I thought, I mean, he sounds so sweet. What it, he sounds like such yeah. a sweet yeah. person. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't on his, I, on his I, Instagram, he talks about being a fur baby daddy, which is just like, come on, oh Caesar. <laughs> You could, after our own hearts yeah right i think yeah. that, honestly it doesn't it doesn't really bother me i mean i guess because i'm he maybe because i'm imagining him so it doesn't feel like predatory or weird yeah i think on the other hand it just kind of to me there's such a there's something that's kind of chill about a, a straight guy who's totally mm -hmm. comfortable at a gay bar anyway mm -hmm. as it is and so the idea of like looking for a like-minded girl i mean maybe he's looking for like a hot girl but you yeah. know i don't know it kind of seems like a interesting space in which to and an and unusual space in which to find some uh, to find a girl yeah um, but i'm not yeah against it. I, I don't against i mean it. i don't think anyone should begrudge anyone cute. who pursues uh hookups like that so long mm -hmm. as they're involving consenting adults and like yeah. you know obviously that that's that's the situation here i will say this happened to me once in la there was a guy who I hit on at a gay bar oh, once. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And he was like, dude, I'm straight. And right. he was well, at a gay bar. Yeah. And I've never in my life been so mad. I actually, I wouldn't have won, but I was like, I'm gonna fight this guy. Like I yeah. was so mad. But see, that's I that's that's different because that's aggro. That, that's well, and that's also the example of sort of like the advice I would have for someone like Caesar or like straight men in general. And the same thing I have for anyone who isn't queer walking into a queer space, be respectful of the queer space and know that the norms of our sort of queer communication will yeah. exist within those spaces. And it is meant to exist in a safe and affirming way. So if right, right. someone hits on you or if someone, of course, if someone's aggressive and not taking no for an answer, that's a different story. But if someone just casually hits on you like they would at a bar, don't be angry about it because you're in a space where you're a guest. And then on yeah. top of that, I also think like in in some way I can see straight men wanting to pick up straight women at queer mm -hmm. bars as sort of like a, a refuge for that sort of aggro male, toxic yes. male masculinity that happens sometimes at other bars because you have to put on this show of being this manly man or whatever. Yeah. And maybe you want to come in and sing some Ariana Grande. You know what yeah, I mean? That's a good, that's maybe a you want to like yeah. be chill and say you like Dua Lipa or something like I, I like it, it. I like that. Yeah, I like Caesar too. Yeah, Caesar, Caesar is supported. He is so supported. we have we have a final question here um, that that is from a total stranger. We don't know who he is. We I, there's no name attached to it. Um, it seemed like spam, like a Chinese account of someone trying to come in and, and get information from us. But I felt obliged that I had to I had to put it on. So here's the last question. Yeah, I'm a I'm a firm believer that Elliot is unhinged. Um, but I have friends who remain skeptical, and I was wondering if there are ways to reach people like that and win them over sort of as converts. You know, I don't know who great, he is. That's a great question, <laughs> and, and we, we get this a lot. And, you know, I, I just I think it's important to be patient with people, uh, to explain the situation, to explain that Elliot is unhinged, mm -hmm. and to walk, mm -hmm. to hold their hand through it, because it's, it's not normal. Like, you know, yeah. it's, 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 it's not, you know, it, it, it can be jarring to a lot of people. You know people. what's also not normal, though? If you're going to send a voice memo, make sure you go to a quiet space, not like a gym or <laughs> the Best Buy. You're probably looking for that weird iPad or iPod adapter that no one uses right. iPods anymore, but you have to find that one adapter. And so you just decided to send the voice memo from right. Best Buy. And they're like, we can't help you, sir. Those went out of extinct in like 2010. Right. You right. Know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I will say I will share a story um, uh, about Elliot um, that I don't think I've ever told in the podcast and I actually would like to be serious for a moment um <clears throat> Elliot Allen and I were on a flight uh back to Los Angeles a few years back and about 20 minutes outside of Los Angeles we hit really bad turbulence I mean I mean bad I've I've never seen it like this uh yeah. at one point I looked up and the flight attendant was <laughs> crying um I actually still <clears throat> 
I still get emotional when I talk about this because <laughs> I remember looking over at Alan. I was sitting in the middle and I looked over at Alan and he was trying to he was trying to turn on his phone so he could get self self service so he could call Michael and say goodbye. And then wow. I looked over to Elliot and that bitch was moaning and groaning. <laughs> he was getting a tingle from the turbulence. I've never seen anything like it. Oh my God. Five yeah. minutes later, five minutes later, he sent a note to the cockpit that said, land hard, I'm close. Yeah, but behind your cockpit, he he giggled. He put giggle, giggle, giggle a little bit. <laughs> I have to say the funniest, the funniest part of this trope because I'm just thinking of the gif you we've posted that you've tried to post twice of a of a helicopter just trying to take off and it's like shaking and you always say that's me or something or what do you say? It's, it's your vibrator. That's your right. vibrator. So, this helicopter trembling. The funny, the funniest, like the funniest oh. thing to extract from all of this is the idea that what like the sort of orgasm that you're that you're applying to me is like pretty much like the one that like helen hunt got on mad about you from yes. the washing machine yeah yes. like you're talking about me like i have a vagina <laughs> and like a woman who's gonna get off by sitting on a washing machine it's so funny you say that because for years I've, i i like half half the fun of it is like like sitcoms from the 90s yeah, presented yeah. women as like these sex crazed lunatics yeah. who would sit on the washing machine and have orgasms uh the dryer or whatever and it but was it's like do you so know any guy do you actually know or i've ever heard of guys who like get off from is is alan when yeah. having when alan had a jewelry on his taint and yeah was, was and the bus the became bus. a fantastic ride cross town but i don't think i've fantastic. ever met another man who's like gotten off from like well something shaking or, or I, they're I, I out there think. they're out there and they're probably listening to this <laughs> podcast so if you guys liked this maybe we'll do another can moment where we'll get a little you know have a little fun can drinking moment and then we'll take q a questions from from guests from our listeners but which thank I, you for submitting those those were so fun this was so fun those were so fun this thank is brent sullivan brent and drink sullivan. can drink That's can Alan. drink can.com and another thing so uh elliot and alan and i thought it would be kind of fun to fun have a, to have a discussion about specifically spa and sauna hookups mm-hmm. um and so i well, maybe Alan, if if you would like to kick it off, because oh, I am definitely like very near and dear to your heart. This is right up my alley. I love a sauna. I love a spa moment. I love a Korean spa moment, and I have been, I have gone in the generic. Which I mean, speaking of last segment, that question we had from Sam. Sam is my my Korean spa buddy. Yeah. You know, we would yeah, go to Korean right. spas a lot, um, and. Yeah, I, I've I've done the generic route of just sort of going for relaxation, and then I've also gone the hookup route, where you go to the ones that you just you know either jerk off or hook up or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I love them, and they're such. I feel like in a weird way, they're a part of sort of like the queer, especially gay male identity, in that it, it just becomes a space for sexual adventure with like zero strings attached. You know what I mean? It just especially the ones where you could hook up. It, it just becomes sort of a space of like there are kind of no rules, quote unquote, and you can just sit there and jerk off with someone and then leave and never know their name or know anything about them. And it's just fun. Yeah. It's I've done it a lot. Time, I love it's, it. It's equally terrifying. And that's why sort of the, because you don't like, because it's so informal and it's so it's like, I understand it's dangerous, which I think can be a turn on, but it's yeah. also terrifying, which can, I guess be a turn in some scenarios, but I've been a, a few times to these places and they just, they're, they're just, it's a very scary situation to me. It blows me away that you go because you hate hot. I, I can see yes. you dying in a steam room. Well, that's why I, I've only gone. I really, I can't really go because also I have glasses and I can't see with my yeah. glasses. And everything happens room. in the steam room and you won't go in the steam room. <laughs> exactly. And I, yeah. it's not for me, but, but also I just, I, I, I don't know if, I guess I don't understand how anybody could get out of their head in that situation because it is essentially a meat market and you're just sort of sizing 
other men up and it's it's just i mean on one hand i understand why it could be hot because it's like primitive and neanderthalistic yeah Yeah. on the other hand it's terrifying because it's primitive and neanderthalistic (laughs) yeah neanderthalistic i like that uh yeah well i mean everyone knows i don't like to take my shirt off in public so i don't really go into saunas i just imagined brent in a sauna with like a parka (laughs) yeah i actually would believe it or not my at the la fitness i used to go to they had a pool and a sauna and a spa Uh And I didn't know anyone who went to my gym in the middle of Hollywood. So I, yeah. I actually would go shirtless there, like draped, like draped in multiple towels. Of I course. Like, oh my yes. God. Um, but uh, the, the one time I was, I was back in Michigan for like Thanksgiving and I was working out and there was a guy at the gym who I was one grade above me, like K through 12. Yeah. And he, he'd gotten fucking hot. He'd gotten really hot <laughs> since we graduated. He was very much my type. So uh, when he went into the locker room, I like gave it a couple minutes and then I kind of was like, oh, you know, uh, I think I forgot something in here, you know, yeah. as I always say, as I always say, like say aloud as I'm like trying to check out like if someone's hmm. getting undressed and Where's I realized that, that his locker was right in front of the glass door <gasps> of the sauna. So I was like, all right, I'll go in the sauna and I'll wait for him to come out of the showers mm-hmm. and I won't like jerk off, but I'll, you know, I'll make some solid mental memories. Was of he this. gay? No, he was not gay. Oh. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I went, I, I just assumed he would be quick because no one takes long showers at the gym. I went into the sauna and like after 15 minutes, I almost passed out. Yeah. And I was like, I'm giving up now. And I like left the moment he got back. He was doing locker. something else in the showers. It Maybe. I don't fucking know. I mean, the, the gym was empty that That's day. the other place at the sauna where you can have a little jerky jerky fun. I had, I had, I remember my favorite story about Asana was I was here in Los Angeles and I was in the, the, um, the steam room of the sauna. And there was this one, everyone was kind of jerking off. It was kind of late and everyone was just sort of jerking off. And there was this one guy who he and I actually became friends. We had a bit of a falling out, but he and I became friends after this encounter. And he had this thing where he would like bounce his dick. You know what I mean? Like he Mm -hmm. would like the, the muscle in your dick that you could bounce on, he would bounce the stick and it would drive everyone in the room wild and it was just sort of it was just sort of like this move and i was like i want to be friends i'm with sorry that I'm so person confused. i'm yeah. confused this was you... in a sauna yeah and he had a boner we all had boners <laughs> and he could bounce his dick and that drove people in crazy a because he was this hot guy who would sit there and he would jerk off some he was like and putting he would, on a show he was putting on a show basically and then and oh. he would bounce he would bounce his dick and then and then and then you know we all would just sort of just jerk off together but he would yeah he would just he would yeah it was kind of like putting on how a show many, knowing how many how many people were in the room four <laughs> i think four uh-huh. yeah question, I, like i guess the thing for me is like a sauna is already so hot and disgusting and the idea yeah. Yeah. of especially like post gym the idea of like all those filthy hot germs in yeah. one place makes me want to die yeah <laughs> i'm not even or, thinking about the germs I, i'm thinking of that bounce i will <laughs> say i will say there was one time at the at we spa which i've never found to be sexual yeah. i i like it it's really it's not like, a sexual place although not. that's where the bounce happened Ooh. oh really so i was gonna say <laughs> yes. like i've never yes. thought ever thought it to be a sexual place i thought it was very clean and on the up and yeah. up and whatever and in the men's like pool area or whatever i was there once and there was a man who was clearly i think cruising or looking yeah. at, definitely cruising when i tell i i truly was like he was like an older man heavier not particularly attractive no he was very unattractive but most importantly i was literally like what am i looking at like his it was like he was a ken doll he def- he was what? not trans oh he yeah didn't have a vagina but he, uh, his penis was like not there. And I don't know. It was like, he was, he had like a nub. It was like oh. the craziest thing. I, I've I mean, he had, he had like a micro penis. No, I didn't oh. see anything. He was walking around basically like trying to like, you know, cruise, I guess. But I was like, what well, I mean, I some, could not figure out what's happening there. It was, there's a lots of experiences someone could have that might rec- have them lose a penis or, you Absolutely. know what I mean? Like, yeah. Sure. But I just, I, I didn't know if it was not there. I, I was trying to figure out, is there a micro Wow, is you really had it? an experience. I had a wonderful experience with that bounce and you you, you couldn't yeah, even like, find a thing, anything to tap. Right. <laughs> what would your aunt say? Brent, what would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's show? Brent, you are my nephew. And yet I cannot tell you apart from Alan. 
Toronto would say, if Caesar wants to meet a, a, a beautiful girl, he might as well just come to my uh, Mahjong game if he's in New York. <laughs> <laughs> I'll introduce some nice girls. Yeah. He's into Jewish girls. Uh, how about Aunt Anne? My Aunt Anne would say, this entire episode has made me feel very uncomfortable. And um, I don't want to be homophobic, but I'm just going to stop. I'm just going to stop. <laughs> We've been uh, well, very real on this episode. I feel like we've said things on this episode that are very, yeah, very, very, very forward. Yes. Very, very forward, very honest, very forthright. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah. Um, uh, I am Elliot Glazer. Yeah. And <laughs> I am Brent Sullivan. <laughs> and I am, uh, oh, H. Allen Scott. I was like, who's, me? who's left? I'm me. I'm right here. 